dear viewers and listeners, and welcome to the latest episode of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. I remain Jason Johnson Yellen, <laughs> although I have been enjoying the One Nation Under Whiskey intro of Jason Neal. Patrick Harris, Johnson Yellen. That has a ring to it. Why you haven't legally changed your name to Jason <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, Johnson Yellen is beyond me. Beyond uh, me. He remains Joshua Morrissey Hatton. Uh, we have that one in the in the canister. Mm-hmm. How are you, Joshua? I'm good. I, I thought you were going to mention my new glasses, which I thought <laughs> I might bring like- in some new viewers. I feel like for the viewers, we each have to mention our, our spectacles of choice for this episode. Um, you apparently mm-hmm. have new spectacles. Mm-hmm. I do. And you, I do. you decided in 2023 that Michael Caine was your great inspiration from the 1960s. My name is Michael Caine. <laughs> Does not That's sound like Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're thinking about two different Michael Caines here. All uh, right. My name is Michael Caine. Is that better? <laughs> terrible. Such a terrible impression. It's terrible. And, and my spectacles, my normal readers broke mm. while I was on my West Coast trip uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I am wearing my transition progressives. And because I just came in from the sun, I am in sunglass mode for them. And uh, yeah, I just figured that, you know, your future was so bright you had to wear shades. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. <laughs> I'm so done wearing bifocals mm. for working my way on the laptop here. It is miserable. I have to tilt my head back. So if listeners see me do this, or if listeners, if viewers see me do this, <laughs> tilt my head back and look down my nose. No, I am no more in judgment of Joshua this week than I am any other week. Mm. I am just trying to read what is on my screen. So, spectacles out the way, in extra extra, (laughs) (laughs) we bring a news article, oftentimes about whiskey, to the attention of our viewers and listeners, Mm -hmm. and we cover it, we riff on it, we discuss it, we have a wee dram, we cover a dram at the end of the episode. Today, we're going to have a wee bit of fun, Mm -hmm. and we're going to get out of here. So there's there's no dramming for us today. We're dramming in uh, in in a future episode. We've got that planned uh, and in the hopper, but it's not going to be today. Now, gosh, my brother Murray had written in to see if we'd be covering Diddy suing Diageo, to which I said mm. we definitely will not be. Because that's a lot of money floating around in the world that we don't need any legal teams Mm. uh, reaching out to us to discuss further. P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Sean Combs? All of the above. All of the above. All of the above. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's accusing Diageo of not giving his, I think, tequila brand the the room to grow because racism, which is a a significant claim to be making. It is, it is. So good luck to them sorting that out. Uh, I'm sure their lawyers will all become very wealthy people. (laughs) The other big thing that we've seen go across our desks is Campbelltown is getting another distillery, this Uh time from the people behind Brave New Spirits. So Mm -hmm. planning permission has been requested uh, in Campbelltown, the former, uh, I think, Macrahanish uh, Air Force Base. 
Correct. So you you have that. Then you've got another Macrahanish one by the Rase people. And then Indeed. there's the, the Dalriata, which was announced last year. So that that's three three new Campbelltown distilleries in the hopper. I mean, still a far mm-hmm. cry from the 37 there used to be uh, down that way. But, <laughs> but we're getting there. We're getting there, Jason. <laughs> that's such an interesting spin on it, right? That's three new ones, but we're still not to 37. <laughs> um, we also had a longtime listener and supporter, David Feldner, send in an article that is not just wine investment, not just whiskey investment, but wine and whiskey investment. There you go. So thanks for sending that in. That's a conversation for another day. Oh my gosh. Do you know what else, Joshua? Yeah, go ahead. You open up a whiskey news item. Do you know what you're most likely going to find? Whiskey news? I wish. I wish that were true. <laughs> uh, invariably, it's another celebrity has a new brand. And so in the past weeks, Stephen Curry has uh, has now come out with a bourbon, uh, announced that he'll be part of a Kentucky bourbon. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know who that is. The last one I saw was <laughs> Seth MacFarlane had, had some sort of a whiskey. He has an agreement, uh, yeah. Yeah, bear yeah. fight. American single malt whiskey. Anyway, we're not here to name celebrity right, uh, right. brands. That's, that's not the name of the game. I started that by saying Diddy. I finished that by saying Steph Curry. Listen, it's June. We're sporting new spectacles. I'm here to have some fun and get out of here in a tight 35. And when mm-hmm. I look at you, Joshua, I see the same thing with you. Toy as a tiger. Is so that Michael Caine like again? Toy. My name is Michael Caine. <laughs> you sure that isn't good? I feel like my name is Michael Caine. <laughs> no, you are meant to blow the bloody doors off. Oh my Don't gosh. Don't blow the bloody doors off. Listeners, viewers, please email us in. Who had the worst Michael Caine impression? I think yours was worse. And at least your accent comes from a, the same island. Like, my name is Michael Kine. I think I've That's got That's so anyway. terrible. Okay, moving on. <laughs> right. So InsideHook.com, you know us, Joshua. We like occasionally pulling out a listicle. We enjoy reading the opinions of others and having a wee dissection mm-hmm. uh, of said opinions. And so this is, this is an article entitled The Best New Whiskies to Drink This June. And please listen to me carefully. Listeners, yep. viewers, Joshua Hatton, the best new whiskeys to drink this June. Emphasis on drink. All right. Okay. The the uh, the listicle is put together by Kirk Miller, and it went live on June second of this very year. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so we've got kind of five categories to begin with, and actually the first category is that of Japanese whiskey. And more specifically, the House of Suntory. And the House of Suntory has an anniversary. Do you know which anniversary it is, Joshua? It is their 100th anniversary. They were 1923. So there you go. 100. There you go. And they pulled out Keanu Reeves and Sofia Coppola to help them celebrate that news. Because at Suntory, <laughs> I thought we money weren't mentioning. Is no issue. <laughs> 
I thought we weren't <laughs> mentioning celebrities. Hey, there's no endorsement deal, right? There's no Keanu Reeves Centauri whiskey coming down the pipeline, uh, dare I say, yeah. yet. Um, okay, so here, have a, have a listen to this. Uh, celebrating 100 years with some help from Sofia Coppola and Keanu Reeves, no less. The House of Centauri just debuted two exceptional new limited edition whiskeys created by fifth generation chief blender Shinji Fukuya. The Yamazaki is a single mall aged exclusively in rare Mizunaro oak casks. Mm -hmm. uh, goes on to some tasting notes. The Hakushu takes a moment at first. Uh, the smoke dominates. Goes on to some tasting notes. Um, my question to you, Joshua, Go ahead. is there, there's a Hakushu 18-year-old peated malt yep. and mm -hmm. a Yamazaki 18-year-old Mizunara cask. Mm -hmm. Starting with the Yamazaki 18, what do you think the price of this June drinker is? Recommended retail price. My guess is it's probably going to be somewhere around $5,000. <laughs> well, let me tell you, my friend, it's not even close to that because this is a June drinker. So what would you pay for a June drinking version of Yamazaki 18 from Mizunara casks. What would I specifically pay? <laughs> Listen, what would you expect the price of a drinking version of Yamazaki 18 to be? Uh, so I, I would argue that this is likely, <laughs> like if this were a drinking thing, but it is 18 drinking. years, it's 18 years in Mizunara. I would say it's if regular 18 is around 500 for for the MSRP which I which I think is correct. I think oh, I thought no, I thought it was up to more 800 now. I thought it was more that neck of the woods. Oh, see I thought I thought it was 500 with people paying 800 because that's what the shops inflate to between 800 and a thousand so I, I was going to say around 850 for the 18 year old mizunara so i'm i'm very pleased to say it's somewhere between 850 and 5000 this <laughs> june drinking version of yamazaki yeah. 18 in mizunara casks mm. is a suggested price of 1800 dollars 1800 so it used to be <laughs> used to ten dollars <laughs> in my day. Used to be. It used to be ten dollars per year. Was the uh, was used the to be year. ten years ago? Now it's a hundred. Now it's a hundred dollars. All right. Okay. <laughs> Inflation, 18. my friend. So that will sell for around twelve thousand dollars to the ultra rich who will never open it, and they'll just put it on a shelf. So June drinker, my friend. Some of the best mm. June drinkers available. Mm. So same price, same question. What do you think is the price of the Hakushu? And that that's 18. Yes. Hakushu 18. What do you think the drinking price on the Hakushu 18 is? Do they talk? I'll give you a clue. It's not 5,000. Do they talk cask type? Um, is it also Mizunara? No, it's not. It's not. Okay. No, they do not talk cask type. Uh, let's let's call it. Well, Hakushu's always been. A, well, let's call it fifteen hundred. Yeah, you're you're in the wheelhouse for this uh, June drinker. Uh, it is twelve hundred for the eighteen year old Hakushu June drinker. 
Can't wait to <laughs> break out my $1,200 for just a, a, a drinker. <laughs> now you're getting it. Okay. If I told you the next June drinker is from Kentucky, mm-hmm. and I told you it was from Buffalo Trace, mm. and I told you it was the latest iteration in their experimental series. Ah. What do you think it might be? Well, if distilleries like Jim Beam and Jack Daniels are any I know where you're going with this. I know what you're about I, to say. I, I wonder if it may be their version of an American single malt. Yeah, I very much like your working out there. I think that was that was nicely thought of. It, it is but. not. It is not. But uh-huh. you're somehow on the right lines here. Okay. If I was to tell you they were taking uh, inspiration from Isla, or or perhaps taking inspiration from Hakushu. So it's peated. So it's a peated malt whiskey. Is that what they're doing? A peated malt whiskey? <laughs> no, it is an experimental peated bourbon. Oh, interesting. Oh, do they yeah. just, I realize we've got 35 minutes here that we need to hash all of this out on, but did they go into, uh, is it peated malted barley that's in there and what the purport, like, does they talk about mash bill and proportions and all that? Well, let me tell you, Joshua, the 26th Mm. release from the Buffalo Trace Experimental Collection started in 2006. Mm. Experimental Collection started in 2006. I've had had a few of them. They've been fun. It's a high rye Kentucky straight bourbon that utilizes smoked peated malt as a flavoring grain instead Mm -hmm. of traditional barley. Aged for nearly 10 years in new charred white oak casks and bottled in 370 mil bottles only that's always at at 90 proof uh it then goes on with the tasting notes this one is heavy on the tobacco ashtray and leather with some toffee and a bit of mint and roasted coffee sneaking in near the end so the the experimental range has always been in the the 375 so i was expecting that um it's a 10-year-old bourbon. It's peated. It's 375. I still want to say it's probably around a hundred bucks. So I'm really sorry to say this, but there is no price included in the article. That was not the guessing game this uh, this time around. Yeah. Okay. They included <laughs> my, the price of other... the others, but not this one. <laughs> yeah. My 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 guess is it's going to be highly allocated it's going to be flipped like crazy it's going to be you know highly sought after there are gonna be some of Mm. those cues and fights and anger it's it's problematic so so no (sighs) price attached to it that's unfortunate It'd it'd be nice if they made a lot of it and it were priced at an affordable, uh, if it had an affordable price tag, because I would love it if some bourbon drinkers started getting an appreciation for for a smoky 
uh, flavor because usually though the the bourbon palate and the in the smoky Scotch whiskey palate tend to they don't they don't usually mix. And, and that's exactly why I wanted to cover this article today. Is is to your mind, what do you think the benefits of a peated bourbon are? Well, first and foremost, it's it's expanding the flavors of what a bourbon can be. I mean. The beautiful thing about bourbon is that it's delicious. It's always delicious. The difficult thing about bourbon is because of the new chard oak cask, you, you're you're sort of forced into a smaller flavor box. But if but you can make changes with the grain, of course, with the mash bill and and certain other things. But the fact that they put peated malted barley in there, that you know, we, we know even from, say, older releases like Glenmorangie Finalta, where they had five ppm, this is such a small amount mm -hmm. of phenols on the barley, mm -hmm. presented a nice peaty flavor to that spirit. So even a little bit of phenols in this should give that bourbon a nice, a nice smoky flavor that, you know, maybe people who dig barbecue, they'll say, oh, I kind of like that, you know, and, and maybe it gives them a gives them a, a brave face to move forward and try some other <laughs> peaty things. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was exactly my take, is that yeah. if you could bring smoky into somewhere familiar, as as we've done you know, many times ourselves with our own peated scotchies, if you can make an allusion to smoked meats, I think there's mm -hmm. something familiar there. One of the lechigs that we released that was in sherry really ramped up the meatiness. And it came from a highland peated malt, and people seemed... You know, very, very uh, interested in that flavor profile. And it just the the final thing that I'll add on, because I realize we're only on the second whiskey here, um, is the Catoctin Creek experiment we did, where we put that that two year old liquid into an X Kilhoman peated PX cask, and so you had the spicy fruitiness of the rye, the the sweetness of the PX, and then the smokiness from the Kilhoman component, and so. You know, it's kind of like that nod to the old High West campfire where you have the, these all these different mm -hmm. flavors going on that that you know hopefully just expand things you're you'd be more willing to try, right? Expand horizons yeah. and jump categories. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what yep. this hobby's all about. Um, okay, are you familiar with hmm. Minneapolis's Tattersall Distillery? I am not. I know Minneapolis has the Keeper's Heart people, but I wasn't familiar with this. Now, let me tell you about Tattersall here. Right. The, this Minneapolis distillery is all about sustainability. They claim to have the largest solar array of any craft distillery in the country. And mm. now they're making whiskey from a perennial grain, Kernza. <laughs> the article says, which also, also makes for a nice beer, does not need to be replanted every year, which improves soil health and water quality, something we have been talking about this year on One Nation Under Whiskey. It's been a priority. So, yep. I was very happy to see this get mentioned in this article. Their 100% Kernza Perennial Grain Whiskey, 90 proof, is nutty, fruity, and full of baking spices. So there you go. Tattersall Kernza Perennial Grain Whiskey is the title of it. How do you spell Kernza? K-E-R-N-Z-A. 
Z or Z A. You trying to? You couldn't do the Michael Caine impression before, so you just had to throw a Z out there just to get some street cred back. I get it. I get it. And it's it's more that recently my kid has been uh, making fun of me saying Z around the house uh, instead of Z. Yeah, my buddy, also, really I just frankly. his name starts with letter Z. Yeah. My my buddy Joe, who is an American, he doesn't say H. <laughs> he says H. Do you do uh, that too? Ooh, H? Fuck no. No, that's very much <laughs> a certain regions of England kind of thing. Um, okay. All right. So there you go. But So I wanted to bring up the tadrosol, right? A mm. grain that doesn't have to be replanted, improving soil health and water quality. Yeah, that's, that's well worth seeking out. That's well worth supporting yeah. that kind of effort. But, but, but I guess what I don't know, and granted, we never do research here. Uh, you know, is Kernza closer to corn? Is it closer to barley? Is it closer to to wheat? And and I'm checking that right now. <laughs> On the fly research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I Kernza. spelled it K E R N Z. So yeah. So looking at it, it looks it looks quite a lot like wheat. Hmm. You know, yeah. wheat. You know, barley has that kind of, it's kind of fat and there's sort of two sides to it. Wheat is a bit thinner. This is thin like like wheat is. So, Well, the, the fact that they said makes a nice beer had me thinking away from corn uh, and more yeah. into a mm, kind of a sense. grass family. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. But yeah, right. so Karen's a, have a look out for that. Um, okay, we're, we're back in Kentucky here. And and again, there's there's no fun to be had with pricing, so that's a bit of a bummer. But um, have you ever, Joshua, followed the Booker's Batch annual releases? Uh, not. I did for a while, and then I stopped. <laughs> They're the ones that come in the fancy box with the lettering that's kind of you know iron stamped on there. Yeah, I. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And there have been some legendary annual batches. Um, it's always like drinking pure fire. You, you've got you've got to give it some water to really <laughs> calm it down and, and open it up. You could not have set me up any better. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the latest uncut and unfiltered bourbon release from Booker's is named in honor of Charlie Hutchins the craftsman behind the signature wooden box in which each Booker's bottle arrives. Coming in at 126.6 proof and aged for a bit over seven years, this one, the first of the 2023 collection, is full of butterscotch, vanilla, toasted oak, and a spicy kick that's almost akin to ginger. They wrapped it all up in a pretty bowl, right? Everything you just said there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and and, go ahead, go ahead. And just another one that comes in without a price. I'm guessing because it'll be highly allocated. It'll be highly sought after. It'll be flipped like crazy. It's going to be a moving price. But if you can get it at the price for which it should be sold, open it up, drink it. Tell your friends that it tastes like ginger and spice and. 
Well, all what things is it? Nice. One twenty-six, so sixty-three percent. So dilute it to fifty-three percent. It'll be a gorgeous drinker, I guarantee it. Yep, yep. And what was one hundred twenty-six six? Yeah, fifty-three-three, or sixty-three-three. Dilute it to fifty-three. Yeah, yep. But there you go. That's a that's interesting. interesting. And then they they go in an interesting direction with this Has last there one. Has been a scotch whiskey yet, though? Wait, <laughs> Joshua, you're very good at this. You're very good. Let me <laughs> let me read you this paragraph. Okay. Drinks giant Diageo just released its annual limited edition distiller edition collection, uh-huh. featuring rare single malts from the likes of Talisker, Lagavulin, and more, all double matured in different kind, uh, different types of cask wood. The standout here: the Aubin release, aged mm. in refill American oak and European oak casks. Mm-hmm. And finished in Montilla Fino seasoned, recharred American oak casks mm-hmm. with heavily recharred new AONs. I'm guessing mm-hmm. he suddenly just started abbreviating American oak. <laughs> like he has no parentheticals. What's, for it, what's this. the N? American oak nonsense? American oak. Ends. 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 Oh, ends. The ends in, of a cask. The cask end. The cask end. As we do this so, in each other. Yeah, yeah. Spicy meatball. That's amore. So, interestingly, I this is the one I heard about this one, that there was some recharge sherry going on and just recharge barrels in particular. Like, this is one that is high on my list to get. The, this one and then the, the Buffalo Trace Experimental. Those are currently on my list so here's my question to you and what and i and again right i I had multiple reasons for including this article but uh, but another one of those reasons is distiller's edition is of course of interest it's diageo some of the big names in the portfolio sure they do some interesting things with wood sometimes it's seasoned sherry casks which maybe aren't doing quite what they used to do back in the day when it was Mm. real sherry casks full-use sherry casks. Mm -hmm. But even to this day, Distiller's Edition comes out at 43%. Yeah. And it really flattens the experience for me and really tempers some of those flavors that I would expect to be getting through all of this movement through wood. And yeah. and and for that reason, I don't buy the Distillers Edition. I don't go in search of Distillers Edition. So to hear you saying, you know, you are actually interested in the recharge component here. What's your take on the forty three percent that you end up drinking? Yeah, I've 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 never enjoyed it. Enjoyed the forty three percent releases because, like you, they they end up kind of flabby, a little flaccid. Um, like but, me, that's hurtful, Joshua. Like me, that's hurtful. You but, said the end up like you, flaccid, flaccid. yeah, flabby. Did oh I gosh. stutter? Did oh. I stutter? <laughs> Man, this is what I'm taking um, from a friend. However, however, I, for some reason, I thought this one was going to be at 46. Will this one be at 43 as well? All I've seen on the new distillers editions is forty three, and so I will. Go, I'll give some props out there, and this is something else you and dis, you and I discussed previously. The the um, a connoisseur's choice bottlings have been making a move up, but the labels releases from Gardner McPhail 
have I'm moved up into 46. Yeah. And I am I'm back all in on the distillery labels series from Gordon and McPhail for that very reason. Yeah, I think and so first off, I'm I'm with you, right? If 46% minimum, gorgeous. Um, a little cheeky little Glen Talkers at 46, don't mind if I do. But I, I don't think that you and I are necessarily the target market for distillation. It's the age edition, old. Right? Yeah, it's it, the age old. You know, there's your, the, the people who love Lagavulin and they want the distiller's edition. The ABV is the same. It has a little bit of PX going on. Yep. Um, you know, once you start to increase that ABV from 43 to 46, despite there being more oil in the liquid to protect your tongue from the heat, psychologically speaking, the drinker, the drinker that's drinking 43 is already thinking, that's a bit high. And you go to 46 and it becomes even higher. The reason why the Oban has me somewhat excited is the recharge sherry cask component. Right. And granted, it's never going to be like it, but my one of my favorite Springbank releases ever was a recharge sherry <laughs> Springbank. It was just we called it Angels Tears. So I wanted to see what what re, recharge sherry does to Oban, despite the fact that it will likely be chill filtered and colored and, and all that. Still, I, I am curious in trying it. I may not get a bottle, but I may, I may buy a dram, and if I like it off that dram, I'll buy a bottle. But but I think you raise the the very point here, which is it's not directed at us. It's it's probably not directed at people who would, you know, watch a YouTube video, you know, on, on some whiskey news or some whiskey releases. It's probably not directed at listeners of a of a podcast about whiskey that runs two hours plus, right? But but there's an audience, there's a much bigger whiskey drinking much audience. Bigger. Yeah. Out there than is reflected by you, me, our friends, our viewers, our listeners. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I, I just continually struggle to get my head around that when I'm like, but I want to drink it at 46 minimum. Please do me a solid. Hook me up. I'm or, very selfish, or the, Joshua. Or at the very least, don't chill filter. Like bring it to forty three. Right. Don't you feel this? Right. Pandaren brings their whiskeys to forty three, at least their dragon series, but they don't chill filter and you yep. still get that good presence. So Yep. Yep. I was I was bad. drinking Glasgow Blend from Compass Box last night that's forty three percent non chill filtered. Lovely, lovely mm-hmm. dram. Really, really tasty. Um all right, we we got we got some some minutes uh left here. The they then go on to kind of a, like a like a bullet list. I don't really want to go through all the bullet, but one that I do want to draw particular attention to, because once again, uh, it connects to something we just did in One Nation Under Whiskey, where we recently spoke with Matt Hoffman about Westland's Solemn release, which was their oh, first yes, foray into using American peat and more specifically Washington peat. So I was really happy to see this appear on the list. I I will tell you what is said here, Joshua. It says, we just tried Solemn Edition 1, part of Westland's Outpost range. Mm -hmm. Released earlier this spring, it's already won a Best American Single Malt Award at the 2023 World Whiskies Awards. 
this peated whiskey utilizing local peat, spelled P-E-E-T, from the Pacific Northwest, is surprisingly bright with notes of mm-hmm. apple, charred oak, vanilla, and a modest smoke. How great to see Westland on a list that says things to drink this June. Get your hands on Solom, enjoy the story behind it, and get a good taste of some good whiskey. I tell you, just a few years back, the idea of an American single malt falling on a listicle like this, we mm. you just you you wouldn't expect it. Um granted it's happened, like the you know, whiskey advocate has had some Westlands on their lists before and, and so on. My, the point I'm trying to make is this article included, we're seeing Copperworks and Westland and Westward and Balcones and, and so many other American single malt bottlings show up on more and more lists. So A, I'm excited for Westland. B, I'm excited for the drinkers of Westland because you and I had an advanced taste of that solemn when we interviewed Matt and were floored by it, absolutely floored by it. Uh, and see, I'm, I'm excited for American single malt producers. We, it, the category isn't even, as of this date, officially <laughs> defined. June 5th is not officially defined, but it keeps on making lists because they're making great whiskey and it's starting to capture people's attention. So uh, I'm, yeah, just, but, I'm excited. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, well said. Yeah, really, really well said on that one. It's it's a hell of an achievement at a time when when Matt Hoffman is about to leave that distillery. Uh, he's he's certainly leaving it in a good spot with some mm-hmm. some great whiskeys in the lineup, an American flagship product uh, in the range as well. Yeah, I, I'm, and- I'm trying not to get maudlin while at the same time saying, "Well done, Matt," and and best endeavors. Joshua. Well, I would argue well done Westland team because yes, Matt's the master distiller. Yes, Matt's the blender, but <laughs> there are other distillers. There are other blenders. They're all doing it to the Westland spec. I mean, I just don't think Westland's going to, despite him leaving, I think Westland's going to keep on doing what they're doing. So I say congrats to the entire Westland team, not just Matt. There you go. There you go. And we know they watch what we're doing, so might as well. Listen, listen, we, we get out of here in a tight 35. I, I think we're going to be there or or Oh, is that it? Did that round here. it out? Was, oh, that, that, that was it? it. Yeah, the, you know, we circled back to, wow. you know, just, just some, some other bits and bobs here. But if, if you really, if you, if you, you know, yeah. We're done here. Um, it's it goes on to talk about more bourbons. <laughs> oh no, 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 we have a few. Let's 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 just give them. Now. Let's just let's just give them give them their due. Let's just say we'll say what they are, and we'll go through. All them. right. Let if me. you are looking for Rabbit Hole's latest limited edition, is Tennille says nothing about the captain. A cast strength double barrel bourbon. That blends Cave Hill, the distillery's four-grain triple malt bourbon, with High Gold, the brand's high rye double malt bourbon. There you go. There you so go. mix match. Proof of 108.8. Uh, 
Uh, Ladybird is coming from the Texas-based Garrison Brothers. Uh, oh, that's yeah. a Texas straight bourbon whiskey at 114 proof, infused with Texas wildflower honey and finished in a cognac cask. Um, okay. So here's, here's, here's the good news coming out of that. $5 from every bottle sold will benefit the Ladybird Johnson Wildflower Center in Austin, which helps with the preservation of native wildflowers and plants across North America. So there's a good cause. Another uh, reason I like Garrison Brothers. Yeah, there you go. Right. Uh, charity. It's important, right, Joshua? It's been important to us since our very beginnings of this company. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Nika's Yuichi 10-year-old is a new release spotlighting the coastal Yuichi distillery and a return to age statements for the U.S. portfolio. It'll be released at 45% ABV. And finally on the list, Colorado's Breckenridge distillery teamed up with Flaviar, for an exclusive release called Dad's Stash, a blended bourbon with notes of buttery popcorn, caramel, vanilla, and stone fruit coming out at $44 a bottle. There you go. All right. See, now I, f- I feel much better. I feel much better <laughs> that you brought that you brought all that up. <laughs> Rush now to get any of those? Ah, I may do the garrisons, just A, for right. charity, and B, the addition of honey, the extra maturation in cognac cask. And and I like Garrison Brothers' spirit. Not everything they do. Remember I mentioned Booker's is sometimes like drinking fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Garrison's is sometimes like drinking fire. But, but you've met my friend Irene Tan here in Connecticut, and she's done some of her own um, single barrels for her shop. And they are drop dead gorgeous. Garrison Brothers are making some really fine liquids. So, oh, no, yeah, no doubt that, about that may, it. That may be on my list there. Nice, easy drinking little Shabbat whiskey, maybe mixed with something uh, potent and potable, as they used to say on Jeopardy. There you go. There um, you go. If you'd like to be like David Feldner and suggest a story idea that we ignore, you can email us at info at singlecastnation.com, which is what David did. Or you can email us at questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com. I think it's good to show people that we don't just read everything that gets sent to us. Like We don't cover it. We, we do click on the link, at least. But we don't always yeah. cover it in the episode. Um, anything else, yeah. Joshua? We're, we're getting out here in a very tight 35. I'm very proud of us this June. This this may be the first tight thirty five that that our our lovely friend Ollie Chilton actually <laughs> runs just thirty five. He's gonna feel let down because he'll be he'll be far into his forty five minute run. <laughs> he's, he's still ten minutes from home, and the episode is ending. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody, uh, I appreciate you tuning in here on YouTube. If you are watching us on YouTube, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. Uh, I am contractually obliged to say that at the end of every episode. Uh, If you're listening to us on the podcast, please take a second, go along to Apple and and drop in a little starred review. And a few words are always helpful, help other people find us. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's always a good thing to do. Until next time, Joshua Morrissey Hatton. We will get out of here saying peace.
Peace, Jason Neil Patrick Johnston Yellen. Neil Patrick Harris Johnston Yellen. <laughs> Flawless.